Happy New Year, Swerve. I wanted to begin by asking you this question. What dreams and aspirations do you have for 2022? No doubt when you look back at the craziness of 2021, it was a year that was full of highs and lows. As I reflect on this past year, if there's anything that I've learned, I've learned how much is out of my control. And no matter how much I really wanted to see something happen or, or how badly I wanted to achieve something, you know, so much is simply out of my control. What lessons have you learned? This might be a great question for you to answer in the chat right now. I, I want to hear what did you learn in 2022? I think this might lead to some good discussion. And, and I think at the end of the day, we can learn from each other as well. Here's my goal for today. I want us to look forward to what I believe God is calling us to in this new year. There's this quote that says, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And as a church, I believe we can dream. We can set a target to aim at. There's so much that is out of our control, but that doesn't mean that we have to stop dreaming. In the book of Matthew, Jesus goes around asking his disciples, who do you say that I am? And it was the bold and brash Peter who spoke up and he said, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And it was the gospel truth that Peter proclaimed that only Jesus could take away the sins of the world and redeem mankind. And when he made that proclamation, when he gave that response, Jesus answers back in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter and on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overpower it. Here's what that means for us. There's so much that is out of our control, only so much that is within our grasp. But here's our job. Our job is not to have everything under control. Our job is to simply be faithful to the gospel. And if we're faithful to proclaim and embody the gospel that Jesus gave his life and conquered the grave for, then he promises that he will build his church. And this is an extremely comforting truth for me. But it does lead me to ask, then what is my role? What is our role? What tasks has Jesus prepared for us? Because I don't know about you. I, I can't speak for you. But for me, I want to be in partnership with Jesus. I want to be in partnership with him in building his church. I want to be about that business. I want to see that happen. I want to experience that myself. So here's what we'll do. I'm going to split this message into two parts. First, for the first half, we're going to discuss our vision as a church, the goals, the dreams that we want to lay out for 2022. And then the second part is about you. What is the role and the responsibility that you have? This is going to be the challenge that I'm going to call you to. And you'll have an opportunity to respond and, and to take action. All right, so first, what are some of the dreams? What are, what are we going to continue to do? What do we want to do in 2022? Number one, we want to utilize the hub to serve our neighbors. August 12, 2021, we took a huge faith leap, okay? And we signed a five-year lease on our very own little facility right here in Bushwick. The idea was to have a space to call our own so that we can lay down deep roots within our community. The goal is never to have a space simply for Sunday worship, though that certainly is important, no doubt. But for me, the question that we needed to answer is how can we be good news to our neighbors? How can we utilize our space to serve our neighbors? 
By the grace of God, guys, in a few short months that we've been here, we've already begun that work and we've seen the Lord provide resources and means so that we could do just that. And by the grace of God, I hope that this is something that we will continue to do in the new year. Here's just a few things that we've been able to do so far. We've given away backpacks full of school supplies to children in our community. We held our fall semester of life group right here at the hub where we broke bread and spent time with one another. We, we held our fifth annual coat giveaway where churches from North Carolina delivered coats and partnered with us to distribute them to our neighbors. We've hosted up to upwards of six mission teams to help us love and serve our neighbors just in December alone. We also held a Christmas party complete with dinner and, and gifts for the children of incarcerated parents in partnership with Prison Fellowship. We held our own little Rockefeller Christmas tree lighting, you know, and we sang Christmas carols and gave hot chocolate and candy canes and invited our neighbors. We fed upwards of 350 families with fresh produce. And we've given away tons of coffee and hot chocolate just so we can put a smile on our neighbors' faces. And that was all in just a short few four months. You know, in the book of Acts, we... We read about an argument, a debate that arose. And at the base of the debate was how the local church was meeting the needs of the people in the community. And here's what the disciples do. They actually go out of their way to make sure that people were appointed in caring for people's needs. That was their ministry, loving and serving their neighbors. And the disciples went out their way to make sure that this ministry position was fulfilled. In other words, yes, of course, it was important. An important ministry, important part of the ministry was studying the Bible, teaching and exegeting God's word. Yes, helping people grow and develop in their walk with Christ and mature in their faith. And yes, also caring for the needs of the people in their community. And when they did this, can you guys guess what happened? You don't have to guess. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 6, verse 7. Check out what happened when the disciples appointed this ministry. It says, so the word of God spread. The disciples in Jerusalem increased greatly in number and a large group of priests became obedient to the faith. All because the disciples went out of their way to make sure that people's needs were being met. You know, in the new year, our dream is to continue to utilize the Swerve Hub to be a resource and to be a blessing to our neighbors. Because I believe that within the context of caring for people's needs, by the grace of God, it will lead us to be able to care for something that is way more important, people's souls. Dream with me for a second. Dream with me for a second. What if we were able to provide free ESL classes to our neighbors that want to learn English so that we can help them integrate their lives more fully into our community? With the huge influx of the immigrant population that's moved to our neighborhood, there's never been more of a need. Dream with me for a second. What if we were able to provide a free after-school program for middle school-aged children? If we could provide a safe space for them where they can come and gain and build relationships, be mentored by godly men and women? What if we could get them off of the streets and bring about a positive influence in their lives? Dream with me for a second. What if we were somehow able to provide free fitness classes to our neighbors? Our neighborhood leads New York City in high blood pressure and diabetes. What if we were able to help care for our, 
our neighbor's needs holistically through education and fitness and provided a means for them to jumpstart a healthier lifestyle. What if? Here's number two, what we want to continue to do, what we're dreaming, what, what God has in store for Swerve Church in 2022. Number two, we're going to continue to teach the Bible in creative and culturally relevant ways. You know, the perception of many people is that the church is a stale, dry, boring place. That religion and Christianity in particular is, a culturally, is culturally irrelevant. People oftentimes don't find value because some of the concepts feel like they're out of reach. We live in a world that is full of trends, fads, and viral videos. And sometimes the Bible can seem outdated. But let me be very clear. The Bible is not outdated. It is living and active, able to penetrate bone and marrow. The gospel truth is transcended and the principles of the Bible are timeless. But sometimes the way we communicate these truths, they need an update. You know, Jesus himself, he would draw from real world examples, from, from real world happenings in his teachings. He would oftentimes use stories as a way to captivate the imaginations of his audience and to creatively communicate his teachings. The same thing happened with the Apostle Paul, who wrote a third of the New Testament. In Acts chapter 17, he uses a, a culturally well-known, engraved image in order to open up a spiritual dialogue. He quoted philosophers of his day, not necessarily to agree with what they said, but as a springboard for gospel discussion. Likewise, I believe that we can use creative and relevant means to communicate the timeless, never-changing truths of the gospel. And this is why we do series like At The Movies, right? Where we pull themes from films and we connect the spiritual dots. This is why every year we do a thing called 30 Second Theology. And we do the same thing with some of these big commercials, right? We do it around the time of the Super Bowl. And this is why this Christmas we saw scenes from Jingle Jangle. And here's the reason why we do this. Because Christianity is all about redemption. We serve a God who is in the business of redeeming lost, dirty, and broken people. And likewise, we can be about the redemption of things in our culture. We can redeem things like movies and shows, music, and, and even commercials in order to creatively communicate the gospel. Secondly, you need to understand this. The world is screaming its worldview through media, through movies, through mass marketing. Every commercial, every movie, every song is attempting to brainwash and to ingrain you uh, a message that counterfeits God's design and counterfeits God's desire for you. So we need to peel back the messages and line it up with God's word so that we can combat the world's lies and counterfeits with God's truth. Here's the third thing we want to continue to do. Number three is to continue to challenge you to grow. You know, our mission as a church is to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. This is what we desire for each and every single one of us. But this is not a mission that is ever obtained. Our walk with Christ isn't something that we graduate from. We just continue to learn. We just continue to grow and we continue to help others learn and help them grow. And here's what this means. It means that I'm going to continue to challenge you to grow. Not because I'm better than you or because I'm further along in this journey than you. I will continue to challenge you because I have a God-given responsibility 
to continue to challenge you and to help you grow in godliness. And when I appear before God one day, I will have to give an account for my teaching and the shepherding of his people. You know, in fitness, the only way for our muscles to grow is for them to be challenged, for them to feel resistance. You grow stagnant in physical strength when you don't increase the level of pain and pressure and resistance. So it's twofold. You have to receive the challenge and you have to take on the challenge in order to grow in strength. At Swerve, I want to continue to put forth challenges because this is the way that you're going to grow in your walk with Christ. I want to show you the tension. I want to show you the pressure points. I want to show you the ways the scriptures call us and compel us to think and act and to talk. Show us the way God calls us to live. Then it's up to you to receive the challenge and to take it on. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verses 7-8 through 8 says this, Train yourself for godliness. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Train yourself in godliness. So, are you ready for your challenge? Your challenge for 2022. Here's the role that we need to play, that you need to play, as God continues to write Swerve's story here in Bushwick. Three things that we need you to do. Number one, we need you to be engaged. You know, when I read the book of Acts, it's so amazing to see the excitement and the zeal of the early church. They're so excited to get together, to fellowship. They desire to gather regularly. The priority they placed, you know, was amazing. They, they placed priority on worship, on, on engaging with one another, on breaking bread with one another. The psalmist echoes the sentiment as well. See if you can hear this in Psalms chapter 122, verse 1. I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the Mets game. No, it doesn't say that. I, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go catch the latest Marvel movie. Actually, it doesn't say that either. It says, I rejoiced with those who said to me, let's go to the house of the Lord. You know, all the statistics point to less and less engagement and church attendance. Not just from Americans in general, though that's true, of course, but, but from those who identify as practicing Christians. Those who call themselves devoted followers of Christ are making less and less of a priority of gathering with other followers of Christ. As Christians, we've made priorities of lesser important things in the name of sports, in the name of recreation, in the name of vacation, in the name of, yeah, even work. We make excuses we deem as valid to justify our lack of engagement in our own spiritual nourishment. Excuses that we never would make for work. Excuses that we would never make for school or for anything else. But what attitude did the psalmist have? He rejoiced with those who planned with him to go to the house of the Lord. Is that your attitude? Why not? We need you engaged on a local level because your spiritual growth matters, because your contribution matters, because your prayers matter, because your laughter matters, because your smile matters, your words matter. And if you call Swerve your spiritual home, 
We need you engaged. And if for whatever reason you don't want to be engaged, then find the church family where you can. Because God's kingdom is so big. But our time for ministry and our time for effectiveness is so short. So find a place where you can be engaged. I pray, I pray that Swerve might be that place for you. And if it is, man, we need you engaged. The second thing, we need you plugged in. The next step in being engaged is getting plugged in. It's realizing we've all been uniquely gifted by God to serve one another and to serve our community. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 says, Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others. You might want to underline that part in your notes or in your Bibles. As good stewards of the varied grace of God. We're going to come back to that in just a second. There's so much I believe that God has in store for Swerve. There's so much that He wants to do in and through us. But it can only happen when we all own our part and utilize our gifts to serve both our church community and also our neighbors. It cannot happen on the backs of a few. We all have a ministry. We all have a gifting. We all have a calling. And unless we all step up to the plate and see our role, we'll be stuck on a fixed wheel, hoping to go forward, hoping to get movement, hoping to get momentum, but stagnant in place because the wheel cannot turn without the help of the entire family. Think about the chores that you have at home. It's daunting when you have to take out the trash and do the laundry and pay all the bills and fix the plumbing and fix dinner by yourself. But in a functional family, everyone helps lighten the load. Everyone has a role. You know, some of you have allowed the discouragement and challenges of the past two years to keep you from plugging in. And as a result, the engine's not running on all cylinders. You're an important and significant part of what God wants to do at Swerve. You're needed. And when you refuse to plug in, there's a missing link. In the verse that we just read, Peter challenges us to be good stewards of God's varied grace. Remember, he's saying this in the context of utilizing our God-given gifts. Can I be honest with you guys? Some of you are being very bad stewards. You have poor stewardship, and you need to repent of your poor stewardship. We need you plugged in. What are your gifts? What do you have available? What has God put on your lap? Use it for His glory. Use it for the expansion of the kingdom of God and for the good of, the, of your church and for the good of our community. Here's the last thing we need you to do. Number three, we need you committed to growth. Listen, you don't have to have all the answers. <laughs> Lord knows I don't. You don't have to have it all figured out. You just need to be committed to grow in your walk with Christ. You simply have no idea what God might do if you committed yourself to, in this new year to grow. You know, we all make commitments every year. Some of you right now, you're committed to, uh, to get more physically fit and to eat better in the new year. 
Some of you are committed to advancing professionally, to doing whatever it takes to get ahead at work or to get that promotion or to get noticed. I hope you have a commitment you know, to your families and, and maybe even to be better contributors to society. But are you committed to grow spiritually? 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 18 says, But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. You know, if you want to see a plant grow, it doesn't happen with wishful thinking. It takes intentionality. You need to go and buy the flower pot, and the soil, and the seed. You need to take the time to plant and water the seed. You need to place it in the proper climate and give it the necessary light. You plan for growth. Many of you want to grow in your walk with Christ and draw closer to God, but you don't have a plan for it. There's no intentionality around it. You just want it to happen. That doesn't work in marriage. That doesn't work at work. It doesn't work in education. Basically, nowhere else does that work. But somehow, you want it to work with your spirituality? We need you committed to growth. What does that look like? It means you're taking ownership and responsibility for your walk with Christ. It means you, you read your Bible daily. There's so many tools to help you with that habit. Besides a physical paper copy of the Bible, which you don't have, we'd love to put into your hands. But you also have the Bible app but you have access to at any time. You carry it around in your pocket. And there's Bible reading plans and accompanying devotionals to help you understand and apply what you're reading. You pray regularly. This is taking time to reflect, to meditate, to talk with God. We have a God that is not far removed, but that He is approachable and that He is willing to listen and that He responds. And, and to help you, Melissa and I, we've been opening the doors of the hub every Monday from 8 to 9 a.m., just so that we can pray. And you're invited and you're welcome. You're more than welcome to join us. You know, many of us would wake up early to catch a flight. We wake up early to go to work. But to spend time in prayer with the creator of the universe, our, prior our priorities are so twisted, y'all. You don't need to come here, but just spend time in prayer. You make gathering with fellow believers a priority. This means you're attending church weekly, not because it's magical or because it earns you stars in heaven, not because of none of that, but simply because you need it and because we need you. It means you make a priority out of life groups. We get together and we break bread and we have discussions when the, whenever the semester begins. Or you make a priority of Swerve You, which we're excited to be bringing back in the new year. It also means you share your faith. This is taking advantage of those opportunities that the Lord will lay before you to tell others of the goodness of Jesus and inviting them to put their faith in Him. This can be as easy as inviting someone to church with you. We work, we work incredibly hard to try to create an environment where you can invite your neighbors to and to share a life-giving, relevant message from God's Word infused with the gospel so that they might respond to it. It might be as easy as inviting someone to church with you. So let me close it out with this, because there's only one question left to ask. Are you ready to grow? Are you ready to experience all that God has in store for you in 2022? I'm here for it. And I hope that you are too. I'm going to encourage you guys, and I'm going to invite you 
to pray with me and not just listen to my prayer, but I invite you to really pray with me. And if there was something that convicted you in this message, there's something that you need to repent of. That at this time, I'm going to encourage you to do that. And I'm going to invite you to pray these things that we've spoken about into your own life and to ask God to reveal to you where he's calling you to plug in. Let's pray. God, I pray, Lord, that you would make our space a resource and a hub for our community. Thank you for the miracle and provision of this space. We know it is nothing short of a miracle. So God, I just pray you would help us, Lord, to utilize this space to bless our neighbors. God, I pray you would help us to understand your word and to communicate your gospel truth clearly, truthfully, and creatively. God, we receive and accept the challenges from your word. Lord, help us walk in obedience. God, my prayer is in this new year that we might have a church full of engaged, plugged in, and people that are committed to grow. May it be so, Lord, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.